Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. And one series doing that is The Ark, about a group of colonists who has all their commanding officers killed in a bizarre accident, only now to find themselves fending for themselves and trying to get to their final destination. I spoke to the co-showrunners in Dean Devlin and also Jonathan Glasner. You might recognize both of them from the Stargate film and also from the Stargate TV series. Tony. Hey, Dean, it's good to talk to you again. Yes. We talked about the deal. Great movie, too, by the way. I really enjoyed oh, it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Jonathan, great to meet you. I kinda, I'm kind of looking at you Thanks. as both of you as maybe the father and godfather of Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's a good way to put it. That's very true. That's very true. Before we start, Dean, I'm very grateful that you did that event in Spain. Even though you weren't there, you were on TV. My family originated there, so I'm very proud of that. And uh, talk about doing that. The crowd looked extremely enthusiastic. I'll tell you a story. Many years ago, when I did the movie Independence Day, um, in, in those days, you didn't open a movie worldwide on the same day. In those days, it would open in each country on whatever the best day for that country was. And very often, there were very different days. So when we opened Independence Day, we traveled the world for four and a half months, opening it in country after country after country. I mean, literally, we felt like we were a rock band on tour. Um, but it was so amazing to be in these different countries and watching the reactions. And, very, and most of the time, cheering in the same place, crying in the same place, laughing in the same place. I never felt more at one with humanity than I did on that tour. And so doing an event like, like Spain, it's just, you realize that there's, there's really just one race on this planet. You know, it's just the human race. And, and, and these kind of events just, just tie us together and make us realize we have way more in common than what we have that separates us. Mm -hmm. And also I'd be remiss not to say congratulations for season number two. And the thank way you, you. the first season ended, we definitely need a season two because <laughs> there's some things happening. want to throw this at Jonathan and Dean, please comment. You know, captains and first officers usually, Spock and Kirk is a great example. They work perfectly together. But this show kind of broke that mold a little bit between Lane and Garnett. Talk about that. You know, the, it, they had a really nice arc during the entire first season. Uh, was that it, it looks like that was part of the plan yeah it was i mean that's how that's how dean set it up in the pilot was uh all of the commanding officers were killed in the accident that starts off the whole show and um all the most ranking officers that were remaining were three lieutenants none of them high, you know higher rank than the other and it became a sort of who's in charge thing bryce didn't really care <laughs> he's just gonna go along and but the other two did, and that you know gave us some great conflict and some great um, emotion, I think too. There's more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. I do like the relationship on the show between Angus and Alicia. You know, it kind of it obviously something like that would draw the younger viewers in too, and it's their love of science is totally infectious. Starting with Dean. If you can comment on that, a really great character. <laughs> I've had a long history of wanting to make heroes out of smart people. 
you know so it, it, in my films the nerds are always the, uh, the the most lovable most interesting uh heroic characters um but you know jonathan and i were talking about it very early on in that if you were going to try to restart humanity aside from the knowledgeable people you'd need a whole nother generation and these two kind of represent the future leaders, you know, they weren't supposed to be in this position for another 10, 15 years, but because of the pressure cooking situation they're in, they have to become the best versions of themselves today. And that's really the, the theme of the whole show is, you know, um, you know, you were talking about uh, um, Lane and Garnett. Each of them has a philosophy on how you lead. Those philosophies are in conflict with each other, but neither one is inherently evil or inherently good or even inherently correct, uh, it, but, but they don't agree. And so watching that is where a lot of the drama comes from. It's, it's, it's this, this quest to do the best that doesn't necessarily get along. I mean, we, I, look, I think we just watched this in our whole planet when we were faced with, uh, uh, COVID. with COVID. Yeah. We didn't all just join hands and sing Kumbaya. You know, it, it, it became, uh, uh, you know, real differences arose. You know, when, when the stakes are high um, and opinions are strong, we have a lot of conflict. But the question is, at the end of the day, do we ultimately come together? And that's what our show is about. There's more on the arc here on Sci-Fi Talk. So stay tuned. Jonathan, I love the diversity and the casting and everything. Um, it, was there anybody that just jumped out during the casting process at all? You know, a lot of them did. You know, um, I would say that um, that Stacy, who plays Alicia, was one. Yeah. She, like she does on screen, she just lights up on a on camera. And when we we had to audition them via Zoom, like we're doing right now, because a, because of COVID, and B, because they were In overseas. Yeah. <laughs> um, and as soon as she comes on camera, you're like, oh, God, please let her be as good an actor, because she just looks perfect. For this. She looks like Alicia. So she's one. Um, you know, I, I, it's hard to say they all kind of did. Um, Richard's audition blew yeah, us away. Richard, we immediately said, you know, he's, he's the perfect rogue. <laughs> um, we and, had worked with uh, Reese Ritchie before on on the outpost, so we oh, we man. knew we knew how good he could be. But this is a very different character than he played on the outpost, so you know he still had to audition for it. But as soon as we saw his audition, it was like there's no question: this is our guy. Yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, the, the cast is really really good. I'm enjoying all the performances and love hearing all the different accents. I think that's fantastic. And that's really cool. That's a real advantage of, of shooting in Serbia is that, um, you know, if, if we wanted to get someone from another country to, to work in the United States, you have all these visa issues and very expensive to travel. But, you know, in Serbia, you're an hour flight away from anywhere, pretty much. So we, we had cast members from Africa, from Germany, from Spain, from the UK. Uh, so, you know, it really gives you an amazing talent pool to draw from. Mm hmm. Talk about the design of the sh of the ship, or actually ships, <laughs> in the thing. How long did that take? And uh, it, it looks like to me a little bit of discovery from two thousand and one, with a little maybe silent running thrown in there too. 
Well, definitely some silent running for sure. I mean, I, I, think I, I mean, but silent running was a big influence on me as a kid wanting to yeah. be, wanting to make science fiction, uh, you know, in, in an incredible writing team on that movie. If you remember, yeah. Uh, Bochco and, uh, um, I didn't know Bochco wrote that. It was, it was Bochco and it was Bochco and Michael Cimino. Oh yeah. I wow. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That certainly had an influence, you know, with the domes and the plants. We knew that our show was going to take place pretty much entirely on a spaceship. And we liked this idea of a diverse group of characters who are in a pressure cooker. But the fear is, is it going to become too claustrophobic for the audience to watch this week after week? So we wanted to design it that some of it was claustrophobic, but some of it was expansive, like the big um, observation deck and, and to have some of it be organic so that we could have plant life and a different feel. So all of that went into the design. And then the other part of it was this ship is not meant to be a place that people live on. This is just meant to transport things to another planet. And then the ship's supposed to break apart and land on the planet with all the supplies. So it's not built that sturdy. It, it's designed to come apart, uh, which makes it all the more dangerous when things go wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no question about it. As far as the special effects, Jonathan, um, I guess they're, I'm not sure where they're done, but do you try to avoid using as much green screen as you can <laughs> these days? We use a lot of green screen. Um, we do. It's, it's the, the best, the most tried and true, least expensive way to do it. Um, and uh, we do all the effects are done in Serbia um, and uh, some of them are done in Greece because uh, we have so many of them. We, we had to divide them up. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a freight train rolling down the track very fast because we've got to get it all done on a television schedule with a low budget. It's a challenge, mm -hmm. but it's, I think they're doing amazing work. But we did build a lot of the sets as practical so that we could reduce how many effects shots we needed. So, you know, uh, this is one of the few sets I've ever had where it actually has ceilings, you know, and, and that creates an interesting feeling because when you're walking in those hallways, you actually feel like you're on a spaceship because you don't see the lights above you and all the stuff you would normally see on, on a, on a normal set. Mm -hmm. As far as planning the series and the arc of the whole story was everything planned out to the finale or it's kind of like you kind of know where you're going, but you might take detours now and then. It, it, so somewhere between those two. I mean, we knew what the beginning, middle, and end were. We knew the character arcs, where they were all going to go. Um, how we were going to get there was not laid out until we started going episode by episode, but we always knew where we needed to end up. And we also um, discovered things along the way that changed, especially the character arcs, that changed the character arcs quite a bit. But we always knew we were going to end up where we ended up. Mm -hmm. We know where we're going to end up next season. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think what, I think was also very dramatic that you have a character that actually killed somebody, and then actually ends up saving the ship. I mean, that is a huge turnaround. Speak about that. I thought that was one of the highlights of the season. I did not see You're that. About Maddox? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you talking about Maddox? Or you talking no, no, about the. Uh, the, the, the young, kid. the kid. Yeah. The young guy. Yeah. He had radiation uh, poisoning. Oh, Trent. Right, right, right. Yeah. Trent. Yeah, right. Trent. He had radiation poisoning and died. I mean, it was yeah. like, wow. 
Yeah, he was, uh, we, we knew that was what he was going to be doing the whole time. The poor actor knew that he was playing this part all his heart and soul, but that he was going to die in three episodes or four episodes, whatever it was. And he, um, he, I thought he was wonderful. I, you know, when we had to kill him, I was like, Oh, you know, I don't want to see him go. He's so good. Um, but, uh, yeah, we always had that plan. We always wanted to do that arc where they're, um, and we also wanted it to tear Alicia up a little bit. Oh yeah. So that And out. yeah, she, she was a little, you know, she was felt a little betrayed and sad at the same time. So I thought that yeah. was that something yeah, you don't see very it. often. Yeah, she played it really well. Yeah, from the very beginning, we wanted this idea that there was a kind of a secret society on board protecting trust and that they're uh, they're kind of zealots. And in that in that effort to be so committed, even though he would murder to save trust ultimately he would also sacrifice his life and save the entire ship to save trust what about the science in this was there any research done to try to make it as plausible <laughs> as possible because it, it looks you know it looks pretty good from what i can see it's very um it's a very mixed bag and it's it's the bane of my existence because i'm i'm a science geek i think dean is too I, you know i like I, if I could, I would write the most scientific show on the planet, but it would also be one of the most boring shows on the planet if I did. So being entertaining comes first. But whenever we can stick to the science, we stick to the science. A lot of the technology we use is real technology that is in the works currently on Earth. The spacesuits, for example, um, are, are being worked on at MIT. The idea of them pressurizing and squeezing people to keep their body pressure and temperature and everything. Um, but, but a thing like, like gravity, for instance, yes, we have parts of the ship turning to create gravity, but if we were being more scientific about it, A, it would only create gravity in those sections, and B, you'd be walking upside down on the ceilings, which would not be so great for our show. So we, we, we definitely... We'd still be shooting the first scene of the pilot, probably. <laughs> we, we err on the side of entertainment and storytelling, but we, we do try to make sure that anything that we present has at least a foothold in reality. Well, I do have to yeah. say before we go that as far as Stargate is concerned, it was a movie that nobody thought would succeed. It came out at a time yeah. where it's like, oh, this is, it's dead at the box office. Why are they doing it? And yet, look what it became. And then, Jonathan, for you to take it as a TV series and really continue that story and yet still stay faithful to the movie, that was really amazing. And look how many years. Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah, it was fun. It's so interesting to see how many fans there are still to this day of, of Stargate um, and, you know, how many there's still Stargate conventions. It, it's it's really remarkable. Hopefully we'll have art conventions soon. Yeah. 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 Why not? Well, again, gentlemen, congratulations. A pleasure to talk to you and great to talk to you again, Dean, of course. And it's always nice. Talking. And Jonathan, a pleasure. Take care. Best of luck wow. with season Thank two. You. Uh, don't leave us hanging too long. I want to see what happens here. Okay. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. The Ark airs on the Sci-Fi Channel. Definitely check it out. You can catch the entire first season on demand. And as we said during the course of the interview, it has been renewed for season two. This is Tony Tolado. <laughs>